That was our cover tonight. Sean, don't let me forget your wallet there. No worries, there's nothing in it. So don't. <laughs> it's always a bit of a, a surprise when you watch the door. And um, I've, you know, I've different times I watch the door and and watch people drive by and and I, I I never really thought I would see this, but it struck me as funny. I I see people driving by that I've shared these altars with. Mm-hmm. At the time of the service, and years have been by, you know, years and years have been by, and I don't know what they're doing now. I, I've got no idea. I just know they're they're not where they was before. And reg- I hope they're in a good place. I hope they're in a good place with God. I hope they're sharing an altar somewhere with someone. But times change. And time just goes, you know, and you can't uh, you can't manipulate it. You can't uh, you can't predict it. Time goes, and, and whatever comes is whatever comes. And, and there have been people that we've 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 had here that we worshipped with at these altars, and then some have left, and, and other things have taken place, and, and things are not the same as they used to be. The dynamics are, are of course different. And I say that because take every advantage of the opportunities that you have now. Amen. Um, Amen. Take every advantage of everything that is given to you now. You just never know if you'll have that moment taken from you. And, and we have uh, we have great opportunities. I think the Bible speaks about that as uh, redeeming the time, right? Uh, with that said, uh, I want to redeem just a little bit of time here. You know, for the longest time, I it was uh, it was Pastor, my wife, and Jessica singing on the stage here, and, and recently. We've added some new faces. I want to take a moment and I want to give the old singers and the new singers a hand for the job that they've been doing. I haven't thought of a name for the band yet. Some have asked me. And I think y'all think I'm being sarcastic, so I'm afraid to even say anything. Y'all know I'm just having some fun. But it's, it's, it's fantastic to see new faces. Good to see everybody participating and getting up there the sound is great the sound is great it's good to hear and, and see new faces if you would open your bibles to second corinthians good conversation tonight i'm gonna get my chair do i need a microphone we're good as long as i keep it loud I would ask a rhetorical question tonight. I would just ask every one of you, how many of you want to get closer to God? I know what the answer. I know it. I know what y'all are going to say. The thing that I have been the most engaged in is the way God actually pulls that off. It's what you experience in your life that actually culminates into a closer relationship with God. Because I believe often we don't realize what we're asking for until we actually get it. We don't realize it. You don't realize what you what you got. You know, you heard that. I don't. You don't realize what you got until it's gone. You don't realize what you wanted until it gets there. 
And then you also have the responsibility on the things that actually come with that. Um, you've heard us talk about this before in here uh, about being close to God. And I've read quite a few books on uh, other men and women of God. And I just kind of looked over their life and I just kind of would look at their pitfalls and different things like that and, and, and looked at the price that had to be paid in order to actually be close to God. And I, and I use that as a measuring tool. I realize that I can be close to God on my own, but I wanted to read someone else's life, not my own. And as I read over their life in different segments, there was a price to be paid. The, the, the preparation uh, before services, the time spent in prayer, um, the hunger and the thirst, uh, the, the denial of self. There's all these culminations of things that kind of mix together. But there was one. There was one that stands out to me. Now this one to me is the, the struggle of struggles. It's the thing that is, is probably, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe that Christians are, are maybe not 100% sure about where does it all go? How does God work it out this way? But I am certain that this one thing God uses in our lives to bring out the best version of yourself possible. And that is your weaknesses. Your weaknesses. Often we attribute the the folly of weaknesses to the devil. It's true. The the devil uses your weaknesses against you. I think we can all agree with that. He uses our weaknesses against us. He comes, you press that button, right? You ever feel like you got a big button? (laughs) And he hits that button. But I ask myself this question. Where would I be without my weaknesses? Where would I be without my weaknesses? It's kind of like a superhero movie. Superhero movies are no fun to watch unless the superhero has a weakness that he has to overcome. It's, it's not, there's not really a true overcoming nature to the individual if every bullet bounces off and every mountain is climbed. It's just not interesting unless there's something there that has to, to be used to get the, um, get the individual to the next level. God uses our weaknesses to draw us closer to him. Amen. So that question, that question is the question I want to put on you tonight. I may be asking uh, some more questions as we go. But that question, where would you be without your weaknesses? Where would we be without them? There are certain seasons in my life that I can honestly say that I would have never been able to experience the things that I did in God had I not been brought to my knees by some particular thing. And even though my whole plight in prayer was to get it out of my life, begging, get it out of my life. But had it not been for the circumstance, I'd have never prayed that way. I'd have never felt the closeness. I'd have never cried that way. We have, we have as, as, uh, as fleshly human beings, we have this, I would say it's a common denominator among all believers that we typically don't cry hard until it's hard. 
We typically don't cry hard to him until it gets hard. And that's when we're like, well, I better get, I better get serious in my prayer. I better, man, I've been, I've been slacking off. You ever say that before? I've been slacking off. I'm, I'm going to get down to business with God. I'm going to get down to business with him. But we're such creatures of habit. And we're such cre- and God knows this. We're going to look at some scriptures here in a minute. We're, we're creatures of habit. He knows it. He knows that we are creatures of habit. Now, barring the fact that I understand that the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Sometimes it just rains. Can we all agree with that? Amen. Sometimes it just rains. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes it's just difficult. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, sometimes it's like it's a bad season. The enemies, it just so happens that he, he decided to attack. It's a rainy season. We get all these factors working at once. Sometimes you're just like, what am I going to do? But I think if we'll, tonight, if we'll just slow down for a minute and we take a look back over our circumstances in our life, in our current circumstances right now, we'll realize that God has always worked a work in our lives when we were the most vulnerable. He's always done it that way. And that whether it was placed purposefully or dynamically, who knows? But God used the weakness of his children to bring them to a place in him that they could not have accomplished otherwise. I would say, I would safely say tonight that we need a bit of motivation sometimes. Amen. I wished it wasn't that way, though. I, I, I wished it wouldn't. I really wish it didn't take a bit of motivation to kick me out of my spiritual bed, wake me up, and to get me going. Yeah. And things have to get bad, and things have to get tough before I actually start really praying those prayers and really getting into a place that I need to be with God so I can get close to Him. And then, and then we always say, maybe you haven't said it, but I have, man, I really missed this. I forgot how good it was. Yeah, man, man. But had it not gotten a little dicey, I may not have ever pushed to find that place in God again. So I'm going to take you to some, uh, some f- a familiar spot tonight, and then we're going to jump to another section here in just a second. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, thorn and Paul's flesh that we talked about in the past. A familiar set of scriptures. The 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because we understand, and I'll just kind of I'll give you a bit of a, a breakdown here. Paul had been privileged to take a trip to heaven. He was privileged. And as he had taken this trip to heaven, he began to tell uh, and, and to present it as he said, I couldn't tell whether I was in my body or out of my body. I'm not sure where, who was there, but I made a, tri- I made a trip. Something happened. So uh, we find ourselves here in... Um, Verse 7. And after all of this, he's telling about this great experience, and he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, we do not know. We don't know what that thorn was. I, I've said this before. I'm thankful that we don't know. Because the scripture becomes relatable because we don't know. I would rather it stay just like this. Because this scripture has been used many a times to bring a many a comfort to people that are in need and, and needing God's uh, a word from the Lord, needing to understand the circumstances. And he said, 
he said, lest I should be exalted above the measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Up to this point in his life, we are not told that anything existed except after the experience. Equatably, you could say that it seems like every time I press towards God, something happens. Anybody? Amen. Ours is on a much lower scale. None of us took a trip to heaven. But if you have a, if you, uh, if you have a heavenly experience, it won't be long before there's something to challenge your heavenly experience. I would even venture to say that some of you have already run into some roadblocks since this morning. Amen. The enemy said that's the way he, it works. Not not long. Don't take long. He's not gonna he's not gonna let you go unchecked. And I'm not giving him any credit, but that's the way the process works. You enjoy uh, the the things of God, and it's great to be in God's presence. But at the same time, there's a price to pay, right? We have to endure some things. All right. Messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. How many of you have prayed, God, take it away? Yeah. Take it away from me. Get it away from me. Now, God is a delivering God. Absolutely. God delivers. God gets rid of the... He, he, he takes things away. But more often than not, and this is not, this is the, actually the point of the lesson, is to understand why is it still here if I've asked for it to be removed. We could easily say that at this point Paul was given a weakness. He was given a weakness. So that just doesn't make any sense though. Paul had it figured out though, because I breeze over this too. He understood... The, the context of the buffeting, he understood why. He said, lest I should be exalted, lest I become prideful, lest I become uh, lifted up in my own self through everything that I've been through, lest I, I grow away from God. And I'm, I'm, I know he didn't say that exactly, but I see that in what he is saying. Lest I get to a place that I don't need you anymore. Lest I think of myself higher than I should. Uh, lest I become arrogant of what I've experienced. Now, you, we can all admit, I think we can all admit, that it is so easy in this flesh. Man, you don't even have to have anything. Man, I've seen <laughs> You don't even have to have anything, and we just have a tendency to be prideful people. Prideful and arrogant. And so he gets this, his, this weakness is installed in his life. And he said, and I asked the Lord, I said, remove this thing. Get this thing away from me. Get this, get this out of my life. No different of a prayer than you and I've prayed many, many times. Lord, Get this away from me. I don't want this anymore. You wake up the next morning, still there. Yeah. You ever you ever done that before? You ever prayed right before you went to bed? I'm talking like a solemn prayer. And you really did. You was hoping you'd wake up the next morning and it'd be gone? Yeah. Take it away from me. I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. But you wake up and there it is still there. You open your eyes and you're like, you're going to have to help me. Anybody pray that before? Yeah. But therein lies the point. That's it. We turn over, we lean into him, and we begin, to, we begin to not walk in our own steps anymore. Our weakness drives us to a place that we would normally be had we not had that at that moment. Now, I want, I want to say, before we move any further, so you don't get the wrong impression, things that are put in front of you 
weaknesses are made to be overcome. It's not, I'm not telling you, it's like, well, I'm just stuck, ain't I? No, no, you're not. But I'm about, I want to put it in the right context tonight, all right? I want us to understand where our strength comes from and what these weaknesses are to drive us to. Because they're made to be motivation to push us, to get us out of our dry state, to get us out of that place of, of um, where we're uh, where we're dry and we're not thirsty and we're not hungry no more. Uh, something happens and you think, man, everything was going so good. But maybe it didn't need to be so good. You ever say your life's perfect? You ever say that before? Everything's going perfect. I just like it, right? I like it like this. I hope, I hope nothing ever changes. If you press into the Lord, something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going to happen. But, I, but let's, let's understand exactly how all this comes together. And he said, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said to me, the Lord spoke this, not, not just anybody. The Lord said, he said, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. It's good enough. My grace is good enough for your circumstances. So what did this mean? Well, this mean that he had to keep coming back for more. It wasn't like he was on autopilot. I'm sure... The prayers probably changed. It wasn't so much take it away from me as much as it was after he got that answer. I wouldn't be asking for it to be removed anymore if I got that answer. Now, I'm asking for strength to maintain. Get me through this. Take me to the next place. Take me to the next place. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about, and I'm going to switch gears, for, uh, and I'm going to talk to you uh, for a moment about your calling and about where God has, has called you to be in your life. There's something interesting about being called by God because I've fallen into the same pitfall my, myself and God showed me that this is actually something that is, is prevalent through Christianity. That the moment God begins to call somebody and he puts a call on their life and he actually knocks on their door and they actually open the door and receive it. And they say, God, I'm ready to go and do what you want me to do. But then all of a sudden, something happens. <clears throat> something happens. And it feels like it derails us. It feels like it takes us out of from where we need to be. It's like, I'm never going to be able to make it back there again. Now, God told me. I know he spoke to me. This is where I'm supposed to be. But now I've got this thorn. Now I've got this situation. And God showed me this in my own life. He said, he said, now what would you be doing right now if this had never happened? I said, I've been trying to serve you. That's what I wanted to do the whole time. He said, then that's what you should continue to do. Mm. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I have noticed the temptation within myself and I have also seen this in other individuals that we are waiting for the thorn to be removed so we can go back to our callings again. Mm, come on. Good. Remove the thorn, Lord, and I'll go back to work for you. Mm. The Lord says, that is not the way this works. No. So, you think, what are you saying? I'm saying that you better realize that His grace is sufficient and you better get used to being poked and prodded Amen. while you're carrying out God's will for your yeah. life. Amen. Is it going to be comfortable? No, it's not going to be comfortable. And I think if I could, if I could say anything to young people today, it's that life is not comfortable. And I don't care what they show on television. I don't care what they make it out to be. I don't care what anyone says to you. Life is not comfortable if you want to live for the Lord. If you make the decision, I want to live for God, I'm going to tell you reality. It, you'll be put into a position where it's uncomfortable, whether you have to share your faith to people that don't believe it, 
whether you have to choose right decisions when everyone else is choosing wrong, mm -hmm. it's hard to do this. And I'd be lying to you if I told you it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think adults the same. We need to be <laughs> woke up sometimes and realize that I think some of us have a thorn that we are dealing with and we put everything on hold. Whoop. I'm not going to go any further. You remove the thorn, and I will go back, and I will continue and pick up where we left off. And God's saying, I need you to move forward with the thorn. Mm -hmm. I need you to go forward with your, with your, um, now, uh, how do I say this? I want you to go, th I want you to go forward with your, um, with your situation, or with your, uh, with your pain, or with, uh, with your uh, being uncomfortable, and being out of place. Paul felt out of place here. He's like, this is, something's wrong. This is not right. He said, you nasty, nasty, nasty. So he switched gears, all right? So let's switch gears. He said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. But this brings me back to the, the original thought is, um, do your weaknesses serve a purpose? Well, Let's run through the scripture. Would God's strength be perfected if you didn't have a weakness for it to be perfected in? Mm -mm. No. No, in order for God's strength to actually become perfect, it has to come through a weakness that you possess. Um, you know, the, 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 the old saying, it seems like I get one thing out of the way and another thing pops up. Anybody? For your good, for your good, to keep you in humility, to keep you into a place striving for more of God, to keep, do you, I know, I'm with you, I'm tired of it, and we want to say that sometimes, I'm tired of it, I'm so tired of it, I'm so, I'm so tired of all the, all the, the, the hustle and the bustle and the fighting and the, and the frustrations, I'm, I'm just tired of it, Tanner, I'm tired, yeah, absolutely, I'm with you, but see, that's the thorn, and it's twisting in your side, now I'm asking you, what does it driving you to do? It's not, meant, it's not meant to drive you crazy. That's not what it's there for. It's meant to drive you closer to him. It's meant to wake us up and to keep us motivated and to, and to realize his grace is sufficient. I got to keep going back for more. I got to come to God. You got to get me through today. Anybody's prayers ever been day to day? Amen. Day to day. Day to day. God, give, give me through. Grace, give me through another day. Give me through another day. Can't manipulate the situation. But God, I know you can carry me through. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I want perfected strength. That's what I want. But that doesn't come from me. And it doesn't come from you. And so there are times that we're allowed to go through some things that bring us to our knees. No doubt. We're allowed to go through some things that bring us to our knees, whether it's, whether it's health or whether it's finances or whether it's whatever. And I think it goes, that stretches a long and broad perspective. And I know a lot of you in here have been through a lot of different things. So don't think for a second I'm selling anybody light on anything. I have full realization that everybody's situation is very diverse and it's very different but the principle remains the same in the spiritual realm is that I want perfected strength and the only way to get that is for me to be absolutely crushed and weak I cannot survive on my strength because it fails so I want perfected strength I gotta go from you've heard this before strength to strength you gotta get out of your strength you gotta get into his strength and that's the way it works but you won't do it until you're brought to be weak. One of the, the uh, 
I would say one of the uh, most mature things that we can do as Christians is recognize when you have a weakness. And we've talked about that before in here, Pastor. I, I think I think it's uh, an awful situation when we're in denial, in total denial when we're weak against something. <laughs> Something's really just, I mean, it's just working on us. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is be in denial of something God is actually trying to use to draw you to him. He can't draw you to him. He can't do anything with it if you're in denial that it's even there. Say, like, no, no, I ain't dealing with nothing. I got no problem. Yeah, you do. You got a problem. You got a problem you don't want to admit. Does that mean that once I, if, so, so you're saying if I go up front and I confess it, say this is my problem, it's all going to go away? No. No, but you went from strength to strength. Now, and now God is carrying you through it and you're not fighting it on your own. How many know that you're not going to overcome anything without him? Amen. Amen. And that's what, that's what the design to, is. To, to, uh, God is using that to bring you to him. He says, so for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, he said uh, I'm going to let the, I'm going to glory in my infirmities. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on doing what I'm doing. Even though I'm dealing with this, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Because he realized that there was a supernatural power that was there assisting him in what he was doing. He said, you know what, this is so good that if this is the way it's going to be, leave it. I would rather walk in his power, in his strength, than go another step on my own. Leave it alone. That's a hard thing to grasp. That's a hard thing to get a hold of. He had full understanding that he had an infirmity that he could not beat on his own. I'm, once again, I'm so glad that we don't know what that was. We don't need to know. We just need to know that the principle still is the same for your life. And you got something twisting on you. You got something really shaking you up that it's not the end, but it is by design for you to draw nearer to him. And I, I remember, I want, to, I want to share an experience with you. I remember drawing near to God in some dire situations. And I remember, and I can hear the voice of God. I'm not, I'm not saying that braggingly. I can hear God's voice. I know what it sounds like when he speaks to me. I know, what it, I know right here in my spirit, I know when he speaks to me. And I have heard him say just some wonderful things to encourage me and to lift me up. And I've come to him with that thorn twisted in my side. And I said, oh, I need you. Here we go. I need you to give me a word. And he would, he had the audacity to talk to me about something that wasn't even... Uh, on my mind I said I didn't want to talk about that I was wanting to, I, was, I was needing prayer and, and I want to talk about this he said no, we're going to do, talk about this and I remember years back being in being buffeted I can't preach tonight I can't, I can't do it he said somebody needs to hear the word tonight you're going to be okay thorn what would have happened had Paul, because of the thorn, decided he wasn't going to uh, evangelize anymore? What would have happened? What, what would have happened had he said, "No more church letters. We're not. I'm not doing nothing for Ephesus, nothing for the Corinthians. Nothing. I ain't doing nothing for none of these people. I until you remove this thing from me." My goodness, how, how much would we be out today by Paul making a standoff like that? 
Now, so here's, here's another question. Who's suffering because we've allowed our circumstances to stop us from getting closer to the Lord? Mm, that's good. Who else is suffering? Mm-hmm. Maybe our calling is suffering. Maybe there is a place for you to be. Maybe God knocked on your door five, six, seven years ago. Said, I got a place for you. I need you to do something. I need you to teach. I need you to preach. I need you to do this. And what do we say? We say, hold on. Oh, hold on a second here. Now, if you'll fix A, B, and C, I'll be glad to work for you. <laughs> but let perfect, if you can perfect my situation a little bit, I'll feel a whole lot better. You know what that's like? Honestly. That's like saying I'm going to clean myself up before I come to church with you. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I'm going to clean myself up. I'm going to get my, I'm gonna get my life right, and then I'll come to church. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen. Safe to say that I don't think we'll move unless we realize what that thing is there to do. Not made to push you away, but to draw you closer. And that maybe, yeah, maybe, you got to do it. You got you to gotta carry out the call. Maybe you got to be obedient even in the midst of uh, your lack. Even when things aren't perfect. You say, God, this can't be. This cannot be. I'm not ready for this. I don't have the equipment for this. I, I'm, I, I need these situations taken care of. God's like, go. Go. Get out there and go do it. Okay, so... And then he said in verse 10, and then we're going we're gonna to shift gears here. Therefore, I take pleasure. I don't understand that. Think about that. Think about what he's saying. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. He understood the power of being weak. He understood that. There, there's, there is power in being weak. Being in a place where you are not comfortable, where you're out of your comfort zone, you're, you're not where you want to be. God, this is not where I belong. You are exactly where you need to be. Paul was exactly where he needed to be to have a full revelation of whose strength he really needed. It wouldn't have been accomplished otherwise. And God is accomplishing that in your life tonight. So let's go to uh, Psalms 34. Psalms 34, uh, verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Do you believe that? Amen. Okay. I believe that too. I believe that he, he's a delivering God. I believe that he is a, he's a, uh, a God that fights for his children. Absolutely. And then you take that, and some people might be confused at that. They were so, well, I don't understand, though. But, but Paul asked, he asked to have it removed, and it didn't, it didn't get removed. Pastor and I have talked about this. This is a very, uh, you call it a conundrum, if you will. Um, there's a, a paradox, spiritually. The Bible clearly tells me that he delivers me out of all my troubles. And I believe that. I believe that. 
I believe along with good decision making, we've been talking about this, along with good decision making and God backing you, that you can avoid many pitfalls. Mm -hmm. But even when you follow it to a T, things still happen. And sometimes things happen that are unavoidable. Sometimes things happen that you cannot go back and change. You can't can't go back and change them. You ever been given an opportunity to do something and miss your opportunity and you're still kicking yourself 20 years later for it? Anybody? You can't go back and change it. You wish you could. It may not give anything to to go back and get that opportunity. It was grand. It was great. But you can't. Time's over. There's this thing about the opportunities that we've been given now in God that he's given us to come before his throne and to seek his face and to grow closer to him. What we fail to realize is is that our eyes are so often stuck on the situation that that seems to be the only thing that matters to us. So when I see God speaking in his word about deliverance, and I believe God can deliver. I believe in uh, spiritual deliverance. Not even physical deliverance, absolutely. But I believe it starts in the spirit realm. I believe believe that if you want to see a manifestation of great things in the physical realm, it all has to start right here. It all has to, if you want to see deliverance out here, you've got to start with deliverance in here. If you want to, you want to see a church, we call, it, we call it on fire. People use that terminology. You want to see a church on, a church on fire, then everybody's got to get on fire in here. Amen. And so when, when his word says the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles, that means that there's this perspective that God gives us when we're in the depths of, the depths of, of despair and we are in a battle clinched and we're trying to get from one place to another that that deliverance from those troubles often begins right in the heart it's one of the characteristics that I, I found a long time ago was that as I begin to grow closer to God in my circumstance that it got to the point where I didn't care so much about the circumstance anymore. The circumstance actually didn't matter. I just wanted to spend a little bit more time with him. And I can't even tell you when it happened. I started desperate. And I grabbed a hold of his hand. And as I began to seek his face, I began to become delivered right here. And even though there were things going on that I could not change, there were tears streaming down my face because I could not get past what he was doing inside of me. He was doing something I could not explain. And I wouldn't have traded that for nothing. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. And so we asked God, change my circumstance. But maybe, maybe what we really want is to be changed in here. Maybe we really want God to come and change our perspective and the way that we see it. And maybe we have this encounter with him where we have a realization that he's much bigger than just removing a problem for us. I would rather see God, at least now anyway, instead of God being a bulldozer that just comes in and and bulldozes your problems away, I see a God that is so powerful that he doesn't even have to touch the situation to deliver me. That's, a, that's powerful. When he can come in and touch the heart of man, and you're set free, and I have this realization that I didn't realize I was free the whole time. 
I, I did not realize that he was in such control that my situation never had to change. You take my job away from me, take it. You want to fire me, fire me. You want to, you want to take everything that I have possessionally, fine. But as long as I have him, that's sufficient. Amen. That's a faith and a belief, church, that we've got to come back to where we are thriving off of the adversity that we are facing, not being crippled by it. The time's ahead. We're going to need it. We're going to need that perspective. We're going to need that spiritual um, um, perspective to cling to him, even when things are at their worst, and that we might lose things in the process. We might lose some situations, but God is always faithful to his children to deliver them out of all their troubles. It may not happen like you want it to, but it will happen. Amen. God is faithful. All right, look at this next one. It says, The Lord is near unto them who are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit, meaning that we are naturally proud people. <clears throat> near unto them who are of a broken heart. And you wonder... Why you got to go through some of the things that keep you broken? Why do I got to keep going through things that keep cracking me up? Why do I got to keep going through things that keep challenging me? I just want to break from all this stuff. But on the reversal, we all say that I want to be close to God. But the only way to be close to him properly is to have a broken spirit, mm -hmm. is to be broken in front of him. Mm -hmm. And often he uses your situations to keep us broken. I didn't say that he... he uh, put it there I said he uses the situations to keep us broken yeah. that keeps us in a place that we're usable keeps in a place where we're soft if you're allowed if you were allowed to have it your way well I mean let's be honest if we were to be allowed to have it our way I would just say no more problems <laughs> okay I don't want more or if you could if you could ask God for a vacation and say you can ask I'll, I'll call it off at any time. You just let me know when. I say now. And leave it there until you come back. That's not the way this works. It's not the way this works. Our weaknesses are of, a, of an instrument being used to draw closer to him. But often they're, paid, they, they're given way too much credit and they're paid attention to way too often <laughs> where the only thing that Christians think about are the problems that they're going through and the weaknesses that they feel. I feel this. I feel that. This is what's going on. This is how bad it is. This is how tough it is. God has had to remind me numerous times about how good my life really is. How good it is. How blessed I am to have the children I've got and the family that I have. How many of you like to complain? Come on, let's be honest. I like to complain. We tell the Lord, you know, he's, he's great one day, and the next minute we don't understand him. We are complainers by nature. And God has had to stop me in that process. Stop me. So look at your life. Look, look at it. Look how good it is. Haven't I given this all to you? I've given this to you. Now think about it tonight. Think about, I want you to think of something. Think about how blessed you are tonight. Think about, in, in spite of everything, in spite of everything, how good has God been to you? Doesn't he deserve us coming to him 
in worshiping him for who he is and not always coming to him groveling, complaining. I'm upset. I need something else. When are you going to fix this for me? You going to take the thorn out? <clears throat> when are you going to give me that next blessing, Lord? When do we finally come to the realization that he is sufficient? In and of himself, he's sufficient. He's enough. I don't need anything else. Tonight, tonight, you don't need anything else. You do not need anything else but him. The fact that he would show up when you call him and allow you to feel his presence is enough. That's enough. There's enough therapeutical spiritual power in his presence to get us through mentally, spiritually, and physically. I'm calling you tonight to reevaluate your circumstances. To reevaluate. And that that thing that you think is going to take you down very well has been put there, allowed there, to just draw you closer to him. And then maybe we maybe we've been asking the wrong things. Maybe we've been praying the wrong way. Maybe we've been asking God just get this thing away from me. Maybe we need to say, God, forget that. Draw me closer to you. Amen. Draw me closer to you. Amen. Let me have a more powerful relationship with you. I've been have had my eyes on the wrong stuff. I'm telling you this tonight because I've, I've personally been through this and I've been told directly from him, you got your eyes on the wrong stuff. You got your eyes on the wrong stuff. I said, then where am I supposed to put my eyes? He said, put them on me. Come after me. Come closer to me. Come talk to me. Come have a time with me. Let's talk about other things. Let's, let's experience joy and peace. And that you can have joy and peace without your situation changing. You can have it. It's absolutely available to you. And lastly, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You are afflicted on every side at all times there's something going on that's not going to change maybe maybe to uh, maybe that's not popular to say maybe that's not even maybe some people would even say that's not correct that's not correct it's not going to change the troubles of this life it's not God's faithful he's absolutely faithful to deliver and to do what he said he's going to do I absolutely believe that but I think we've been looking the wrong direction too often. That we're looking for God to show up in the physical and we're bound on the inside. We're having troubles here, but we want him to perform out here. Let's turn and change the way that we're looking at this and let's turn inward. First, let's turn inward. Let's focus on getting closer to him and not whether he's going to take away the thorn or not. Let's see how close we can get and allow our weakness to motivate us to draw nearer to him. Mm -hmm. Not to be defeated because we didn't get what we asked for. I wanted you to take it away. You didn't do it. So what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to get up and keep moving. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to walk in victory. You're supposed to maintain your spiritual walk. But it's hard. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You ever heard that before? Pastor tells you. Many times. This thing is not an easy thing. There's a lot of things stacked against you, but you have a God that promised that he would deliver you, and he'll hold to it. Amen. He'll hold to it. Would you stand tonight?
Times are changing. Times are changing. People are changing. You and I are still here. There's only one reason why you and I are still here. It's because there are still people to rescue from this world. And that they are looking for the most authentic Christian that has ever been. They're going to find it in you. They're going to find it in you. They're looking for somebody who is authentic. Somebody that authentically shines the light of Christ out to them. That delivers the message properly. That we don't give them a version of God that's artificial. But we give them a, uh, give them a version of God that is real. It's biblical. And I know a lot of you in here tonight are going through things. Some of you are going through uh, things mentally and emotionally and things that you, you, you'll probably never, uh, never share. And that's perfectly fine. But I want to let you know tonight that in the midst of your trial and your tribulation, that maybe you have stopped your life. Maybe you've put things on hold. Maybe you've, you've, uh, you've kind of stopped pressing forward because this thing keeps twisting on you. Let me tell you. Let it drive you to him. Let it drive you to him. Even if the situation doesn't change, he's still on the throne. Amen. You will kick the enemy in the teeth yes. when you get up and you say, I'm not going to let this stop me. Right. I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move on for the Lord. I'm going to keep doing my calling. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. The devil's going to say, whoa, hold on just a second here. You weren't supposed to do that. You were not supposed to get yeah. up. Yeah. You were supposed to keep your eyes on the problem. Tonight, God wants you to get your eyes somewhere else. Put them on him. Father, thank you. God, I pray that you give us a revelation tonight, the revelation of, of your word, Father. Father, I pray, God, that you open our eyes to wisdom and the things that we need to make it through from day to day. God, I pray tonight that you bring a revelation to our hearts, God, of what we need to do and where we need to put our eyes. Father, I pray tonight that we stop looking at these situations that keep besetting us. Father, that we stop allowing our emotions to run away with us where we're getting, we get upset, we get frustrated. And God, it's, at times we don't recover for days. Father, I pray tonight that we, be, uh, that we use wisdom in our decision making. And that we seek after you, that we come after you, Father God. Not so we can get out of our situation, but that we can know you better. Father, I pray tonight, God, that we have a new fire in our hearts. Father, that we, we have a, a deeper fire for you, Lord. That we just want to be close to you. That we just want to be near you, Father. That we just want to take all of our distractions. And we want to set them off the table, Lord. And we want to put you front and center. God, I pray that we pursue you tonight. That we pursue you. God, that we come after you, Lord God. In spite of the thorn. In spite of the difficulties. In spite of all the, the, the things that are going on that are disturbing us and frustrating us. God, I pray that we pursue you. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you help the people of Rock Harbor Church. I pray that you touch our pastor. I pray that you touch the leaders of this church. I pray, Father God, that we find new fire in you, God, and that we keep pressing forward regardless. Thank you, God, for what you have done for us. Thank you for your delivering power. Thank you, Father God, that you come in and you change our perspective and help us to see things the way that you see them. Father, I pray that you do that for these people tonight. Do that for me. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. God bless you tonight. We'll do something tonight. And I know that.
in, in I know a lot of you need prayer, different things like that. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be dismissing. But with a if you know what I'm talking about tonight, and you under you need something very specific, we're gonna do it like this. I just simply want you to just move to the middle of the aisle. This is a very simple thing. If you know what I'm talking about, and and you're struggling in some areas, you just come to the middle of the aisle. You got a thorn. It's been twisting. It's very very difficult to deal with. I'll give you just a moment to move. Pastor, no, Pastor and I have talked about this. There's something just about a move that's just simple. There's something about a move that's very simple. It's not complex. God knows about it. He knows exactly what you mean when you moved out. He knew exactly why you moved out. We're going to pray. And I know we, we, we've, we've prayed this general prayer, but we're praying for the thorns tonight. We're praying that our eyes get refocused and we have a, a different view after we leave here tonight of what's going on in our life. Not a defeated view. But a view of victory. A view of victory that God is bringing about in your life through these weaknesses that you're dealing with. Father, God, we just raise our hands to you, Father. God, in adoration and thanks, Father God, because of what you are doing in our life. Father, we might feel weak tonight. We might feel defeated tonight. We might feel down tonight, Father, but that's not the reality. Father, you have given us victory, and we accept victory tonight over our situations. Father, we stand firm upon your word. And Father, even if we still feel the pain and the heartache of these situations, God, we refuse to quit. God, we are going to continue on for you. We're going to continue to seek your face. And Father, I pray renewed strength to these ones who have stepped out. I pray re renewed focus for these ones that have stepped out, Lord. And we pray your anointing upon them. Father God, I pray the anointing upon the, the, the situation, the mind, the body, whatever the problem is, Father, we pray your anointing. And Father, thank you, Father God, for these ones that have come forth. Lord, we just pray your will in these situations, Father God. You said you would deliver us, Father, and we believe that you will. God, we trust you. We trust your word. Thank you for this tonight, Father. And thank you for guiding us through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God gets the final say. God gets the final say. God bless y'all tonight. I've enjoyed giving this message tonight. It's something that's been on my heart. Um, I always appreciate God's word. This, God's word's complete. He doesn't need anything added to it. He doesn't need anything taken away from it. It should be given just like it is. Any announcements before we dismiss tonight? Pastor, we have anything? Misty, anything? Any announcements? Okay. Wayland, anything? Okay. All right. With that said, God bless you. You are dismissed tonight. Amen.